Hi, this is another episode of Film Stuff, and today's episode is sponsored by enforcement of law of quarantine. Lockdown. Because of the coronavirus, there's definitely a child upstairs that is not usually home all day. It is home all day now. And we hear them running around and occasionally crying. So today's episode, we're going to talk about something kind of unusual, but I、mm. think is very interesting for other people might hear. While we were talking about this and about education videos, as well as like other types of video, there's totally you have to measure and think about the success of video differently.、Mm. And because now we have a lot of analytical tools available for us, people are now measuring metrics, how successful it is. We have so much data about how much viewers are watching, how long they're watching, etc., etc., etc. And when we talk about online streaming video, when we talk about what people consume in their homes, we're generally talking about entertainment. But live sports is very different than. Regular dramas and comedies and regular entertainment. Education is very different than entertainment. Adult is very different than entertainment. Even advertising is different than regular entertainment. Like the metrics and the percentages and the things you're looking for are going to be different. There's all kinds of really interesting use cases outside of just entertainment. Let's talk about e-learning platforms for a second, because in the wake of the coronavirus, lots of schools have been going digital only, and there are a lot of different e-learning platforms out there. Most of them include video lectures and things that are video-based. An education video. What's the real purpose of? How, what do you have to prepare? I would say. Well, usually there's multiple different purposes to an entertainment video. It doesn't have to always be informative. It doesn't have to teach you a lesson. You don't have to walk out of there feeling like there was closure. It's more about evoking an emotion. Or putting something in context, making you see the world a different way, telling a story, getting you engaged, right? So they're most interested in having you interested in the story that's happening on the screen. But with a learning material, the viewers that come to e-learning are not necessarily coming to be entertained. They have a very clear objective: I want information. I want to learn this thing. Therefore, I'm coming to this learning material.、Mm. So your audience is coming with a different set of expectations.、Mm-hmm. There's a million of them out there. There's、yeah. there's Khan Academy. There's Treehouse. There's there's a lot. Yeah, there's a button. Masterclass. Yeah, Masterclass, which we signed up for actually. Yeah. Did you ever have to do any digital lectures? Yeah, once. Yeah. Um, it was like the uh the LinkedIn um platform was it? What is it called? Ver. It's like a name. I never seems to remember that platform. Linda, right? Lin- LinkedIn owns Linda.com. No, I thought Linda.com was just like a, a separate thing. Regular e-learning platform. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. May I don't know. We have to fact checked. Fact checked. Okay.、This. Okay. So Linda, you took a Linda.com course. Yeah, I did like a little mini course on Linda.com. Or also, I did a YouTube one as well. The YouTube、um, copyright something. Oh yeah, you did their certification program. Right,、yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. So that's like my experience. And they all had kind of video components. Yes. Either it was like like motion graphics、mm. or a person talking to you kind of thing. You found it was very good or easy to learn online when you were watching e-learning platforms. Like, depends. Really depends on the subjects. I would say cooking for a subject. It's much easier for me to learn via video than books、mm. because sometimes when they say things similar to whatever thing, I'm like, what 
simmer like <laughs> what you know like sometimes i really don't know what what it's supposed to look like and when we learned about glazed carrots from thomas keller i was like oh that's nice to see how it looks and how he chops it or how he does things so that's very helpful one thing is that if it's something like a cooking video if i come to learn how to cook and you spend 45 minutes talking about pans Although it is important, it's very difficult for me to see where this is going and how at the end of the series I will be cooking. Whereas if you start with one intro and then let's cook something and then let's talk about pans, I've already seen where it's going. Mm -hmm. You have to prove that you know what you're talking about to a learner very early on. And you have to give them an idea of where the course is going because if you have a book, a textbook, you have a table of contents that you can look at and see. Here's generally how we're learning biology this semester. But when you have an e-learning course, sometimes you have no idea what's going to be contained in it because they don't have the same format that textbooks do. So if you don't give me a sense of where I'm going, it's very, very hard for me to continue to give you my attention. No, so let me ask, <laughs> let me ask you, right? So yeah. on our YouTube channel now, yes. we care about subscribers, we care about viewership. Viewership. We, we care, care about watch time. Completion rates. Yeah. We care about um, engagements. Yeah, and we're hoping, our hope is that a new person finds one of our videos, likes it, and then watches another video afterwards. Yes. That's the ideal scenario. Mm -hmm. And we don't publish that often, so we're also kind of secretly hoping that other people will, who know who we are will watch a new video as soon as it comes out and then also be enticed to watch another video they've already seen after that. That's what we're secretly hoping. Yes. It's what every YouTuber is secretly hoping. Mm -hmm. But that might not be the case. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you sell suitcases or something yes. even more boring. You sell briefcases. Yes. That's what your company does. Mm -hmm. So how, what are you gonna be looking at at YouTube? Briefcases? Yes. Every video you sell three models of briefcase and every video is about your briefcase company. Ooh. What I'm looking for? Right. As a briefcase? Yeah. Company YouTube channel? Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Do you care about the same things that no, we care about? I don't think so. I care about if people actually found out about us through searching a broader thing. Like mm. I want new customers and to maybe lead to purchase, right? That would be right. the ideal situation. They're searching for something and they found it. Yeah, so basically uh, you're looking at where people are coming from and search traffic, and you're looking at if people are buying after they looked at your briefcase, yeah. which is perfectly reasonable if you're a briefcase company and all your videos <laughs> are just about your briefcase company. Yes. I think it depends if you're a corporation. It depends on what it is that you're selling. Mm -hmm. It may make sense for you to worry about audience building but it may not. It exactly. may make sense for you to just worry about search traffic and purchases. Yeah. In a normal YouTube video, how do you generally measure success? You measure success of how much people watched it. Is people commenting on it? Did people share it? Okay, so those are the three. How much people watch it, whether or not they're commenting, are, they, are new people coming? Yep. Right. We don't really necessarily, for example, have the option of new people coming in an e-learning platform. No. So, oh. Really? Yeah, you care way more about retention mm. than you do care about like having new people is not a thing, right? Because normally there's a class of like, whoever enrolls enrolls, whoever's paying and is pays. Paying. <laughs> there's no like, share this 
tidbit to get some other random person to take the like like it doesn't make sense for lesson six of modern european history to be like share this with somebody so they'll find it interesting even though there are interesting tidbits that happen in mm. learning courses they're not built to be shareable they're not built to be spreadable they're mm. not built to entice new people they're built to deliver on the thing they promised when you paid money to take the course yeah whether that's through a school or individually with one of these e-learning platforms and another thing that's different is if you watch a video multiple times because it's really, really funny, like if I see this great video of a cat and then I show it to you and then you show it to your sister and then your sister shows it to her friend, then that's a really, really good thing for this video. True. And that means it was an excellent, entertaining mm. video that I wanted to watch again. But in an educational context, if you're watching a video multiple times, it doesn't necessarily mean that you liked it a lot. It could mean that you were very, very confused and you didn't understand mm. what was happening and you had to watch it again because you don't remember anything that happened in the lecture. So when people repeatedly watch it, it means like it might not have been a good delivery or some like people were confused. It wasn't a good course, you're saying? It could be. It could be that like, let's say there's... Let's say you have a course with 16 different videos. Mm -hmm. And then video number 12, the watch time is absolutely through the roof. Like the, the number of views, unique views per person is just like insane. People are watching it three or four times. You go back and look at that first to see, is it confusing? Now, if it's been watched because Christina Aguilera makes a cameo, then that's why, because Christina Aguilera made a cameo. <laughs> but if you look at it, and it's, it's like the longest video you have, that tells you it's too long to hold people's attention. You need to break it up into two videos tells you, you know, people are getting confused. You need to re-record this one and have the lecturer explain it in a different way. Mm -hmm. So it tells you a lot of different things. So right. like longer time, what should I say? Repeating in educational video might not be a good thing. Yes, correct. Do you, do you think there's other things that's not a good thing that might be good in entertainment videos? Well, I think in an entertainment video, when people abandon very early in the mm. first third of the video, it's usually a bad sign. It usually yeah. means I am not interested in this topic. True. For whatever reason, however I came to this video, whatever I put in the search bar, whatever thumbnail I clicked, I it didn't tickle my fancy, I'm not into it, I'm abandoning and moving on to something else. But in an educational context, that doesn't necessarily, that isn't necessarily a bad thing. Mm. It could be that in this course of 16 videos, I skip video one because it's like remedial and I already know it. Or it could be that video four is like, let's go into more detail about this thing that we already did. And if I understood what we already did and I didn't find it confusing, but other students maybe found it confusing, then I should be able to skip that no problem. Mm -hmm. So 100% completion is not always the goal. Like the goal with online learning courses is to convey information. Mm -hmm. And once you have conveyed the information or if the student understands it, then the need to complete the video or watch all the videos in the series does not matter. That's true. So That's it's tricky. True. That's why they have these like tests at the end where they quiz you on things because Otherwise, I could just not watch anything, say I watched it, and then finish the course and it would mean nothing. Or mm -hmm. I could watch all the videos, not understand any of it, finish the course, but still it doesn't mean anything. That's true. So there has to be that testing step. If there's not a testing step, then it really doesn't, there's no way to verify that what you think is happening online is actually happening online. Yeah. 
master classes are I think particularly good but what's interesting about master class is that they're way more like entertainment videos than they are like education videos yeah they feel different because they're celebrity teachers and they're trying to teach you something and yeah they have workbooks but there's no like quizzing there's no exercises there's no do it at home and then like so many of the subjects are things that just like don't apply to you like there's like Gary Kasparov teaches chess too advanced for me already. I yeah. already don't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm only three episodes in. I really like the one with, I, f I don't remember her name, is the gymnast. Who, every regular person, first of all, does gym gymnastics. <laughs> yeah. And second, who's gonna really go to master class and like, right. I don't know why they thought it was a good class. I mean, class. I watched it. I, I love yeah. Simone Biles. It was like an excellent master class. I learned all the words for all the parts of all the like events for gymnastics that I never knew the names of. But the truth is that like, I'm not gonna become a gymnast. These are total 100% entertainment videos for me. And there's some things that you just cannot teach via online video. I would argue gymnastics is one of them. You kind of <laughs> have to get there and do it. <laughs> you can't watch somebody flipping on parallel bars and then the next day be able to like get up and just do, do it. it. Yeah, definitely that's not for us. <laughs> Some people who are already in gymnast are the target, I think. Yeah, they definitely are master classes. So, cool. Besides education, besides being a company, are there any other cases you can think of where yeah, the of metrics course. might be slightly different? Adult videos. Oh yeah, that's oh, a yeah. big one. That's the favorite one. <laughs> Adult videos. Video matters a lot in this context. Sure. Yes. They're big money maker. Of so course. To speak. It's been, video's been the only thing and now it became online, it's just like a different era. And there's a lot of interesting thing about the adult industry, just, Really, generally, generally, they're kind of at the forefront of streaming right now and of streaming monetization. Also, VR, yep. AR, that's like adapted. I think the first actual use of things. Unsurprisingly, when I was researching cryptocurrency for a, a oh, corporate really? gig, they're one of the earliest adopters of cryptocurrency. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> they're in the cutting edge of technology, and they're the most um, early adapters. I for would sure, say. early adopters sure. of technology. Did you ever hear about the VHS versus Betamax story? No. You never heard about this? This is, this is fairly famous. Yeah. So, you know, pre-DVD, we had VHS. VHS came out and Sony came out with a format for home video called Betamax. Mm -hmm. And Betamax was better, superior in every way. And they came out with Betamax and it was doing really, really well. And then suddenly VHS crushed it and the Betamax disappeared from the face of the earth. It lost, it went bankrupt, and then now all we have is VHS. VHS mm -hmm. was the dominant home video format. And it's because of the adult entertainment industry. What? Yeah. Like why? Because basically the adult entertainment industry decided to be early adopters of VHS. And because <gasps> they chose VHS, if you wanted to watch home videos in the genre of adult entertainment, you had to own a VHS player. So people went out and bought VHS players and then they had a much bigger market share and then Betamax tanked. So porn is the reason VHS won over Betamax. This is super interesting. This is like one of the best like mind-blowing things I've heard mm -hmm. in days. Yes, yeah. pretty great story. Since we're talking about successful videos and how do you measure it today, how do you think adult videos measure? Metrics aside, philosophically, you have this problem with the adult entertainment videos, mm. which is for one of our YouTube videos, if you didn't watch the video until the end, we have failed to capture your interest. 
But with an adult entertainment video, mm -hmm. if you didn't watch it to the end, is that a sign of failure or is that a sign of success? success. I would say success. I was. I, I mean, they must have uh, actually like a what we call a threshold, right? Right, a sweet spot. A sweet spot. And it's not like 10 seconds too early to abandon, right? It means like somebody didn't like right. it. Like I would say if it's a 10 minute video and you're like halfway through and then you're like abandoned, then may it's like maybe have done the job, you know? There must be a data. And I think that's so interesting. I think so it's super interesting. Same, same metrics different contexts. And this is why we love analytics, because you have to quantify things that are inherently very difficult to quantify. And so I imagine Pornhub has quantified things like what is an acceptable abandon time? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Exactly how fast should the fastest wank be? <laughs> Pornhub has a data science vlog, and it's really amazing. I also follow the OkCupid blog, which is also equally excellent. They're both One's a dating site, one's an adult video site, as if you people don't already know. I'm sure you already know these, but their data science blogs are really, really interesting. And in one of the blog posts from Pornhub's data science blog, they were talking specifically about things like, when do people watch the most porn in say the US? Like what time of day? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you would think it would be people's off times. It would be midnight, it would be Friday night, it would be Saturday, Sunday. Nope, it's 11 a.m. on Monday. What? <laughs> when people are definitely in the office. <laughs> definitely in school. <laughs> Guys, we're horrible. So there's a lot of like interesting anecdotes from adult entertainment industry. That That's is. one of them. So live sports is a, is a thing where people don't watch after. The metrics of how many people are watching while it's live is the only metric that matters. Mm -hmm. The metric of whether you see the end of the game or not is also yeah. not super important, you know? Because yeah. you've already paid to watch the game. Exactly. There's a lot of paying services that are streaming per game. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's also like the adult entertainment industry, like education, like short form video, yeah. these have different metrics that matter for them. Exactly. You told me something very interesting about, we will call it, we'll t we don't know about- I said something interesting about video that happened? Whoa, that never happens, guys. So let's talk about, um, not TikTok, because we're not as familiar with TikTok as we were with Musical.ly. Let's talk about Musical.ly in particular. Yeah, what happened is Musical.ly or Vine, they started making compilations of like, maybe one person or one song or two like eight minutes to 10 minute videos. Yeah, like best of Baby Ariel, yeah. best of Len and Lena. Yeah, so that's how they were able to monetize because they're not a self-monetization um, platform. People don't watch actually uh, videos on the platform, but they rewatched it in like YouTube. But live sports has that same issue where you watch like the highlight reel from the game the day after it comes out where somebody does the 10 best scores of all time, you know, Beckham's best footwork, or they do these compilations from different games through time or best, you know, scores or best of a single player the same sort of way or like best trash talking on the field or best steals mm -hmm. in basketball. And so these compilations also do the same job. So they've done the same thing that people in Musical.ly and TikTok and Vine did, which is to make compilations of things, mm -hmm. compilations of stuff from games or clips, and to use that as like a mm. way to spread. True. I mean, that makes sense. It does. 
that was today's film stuff where we talk about different metrics that applies to different video formats and context matters a lot in this case and hopefully it was kind of entertaining yeah i'm sure there's a bunch of uh, examples that we didn't think of so if you think of more we'd love to hear them as always we would really appreciate if you gave us a little review on the on the itunes the apple podcast platform that'd be good yep if you can figure out the new music app we have some difficulty with it <laughs> I feel like very old when everything changes. Like, where's my UI? I don't know. I have to adapt to new things. I just stopped. I just <laughs> I asked Siri. Siri, can you open my music app? And then they'll figure it out. Can you play the latest song I've listened to? <laughs> That's what I do. My computer keeps asking me if I want to update, and I keep saying no. 